0: We're in the Psalms, and now we're in Psalm 29. So if you turn to Psalm 29 for today, what I've done, what I'm doing uh, in, in the beginning of this series in the Psalms, is looking at uh, different examples from different kinds of psalms right in the beginning. Then we'll, then we'll look at certain sets of psalms uh, after that. But, you know, in, in the psalms, uh, there are different kinds of psalms. Last week, we looked at what's called a wisdom, a wisdom psalm. That was Psalm 1. This week, we're looking at a praise psalm, in Psalm 29. So if you want to look there, and I'll read that for you. It's 11 verses. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Father, I pray that you would, you would open our eyes to the to the meaning of this psalm and that you would use it in our lives, Lord. Give me the grace to say things the way they need to be said and give everyone else the grace to hear it and hear it right from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's Psalm 29, and it's only 11 verses. Many psalms are short, like this one. And this is a song that's basically meant to to, to take our hearts and move it towards worship and to praise Him. Um, I won't do this every week, but since we've just begun, we're only in our third psalm in this series. I do want to tell any of you who are newcomers or that missed the last two Sundays about our plan And that is that we're praying through the Psalms and we're doing it. We have a little plan. We've got a bookmark. There's still a few left in the back literature table is called pray five psalms a day where we we take the uh, it it shows you how to do it it goes as off the date of the day so for example today's the second you pray through two psalms in the morning beginning with psalm two because today's the second then you add thirty then it's psalm thirty thirty-two i prayed through those two this morning midday then you add thirty it's 60, psalm sixty-two then ninety-two and one twenty-two in the evening and in that uh, by doing that, you actually pray through all the psalms every month. Pretty cool. Amen? And this last month that just finished, we actually got to tackle Psalm 119. That's the stickers, Psalm 119. So, on the 29th, we would, you would usually do that on the 29th, but we don't do that. We just do one in the evening then. And you save Psalm 119, split it up into three parts, and do that on the 31st. Months that have the 31st. We... Um, are doing this, and and um, uh, we also. Oh, and you know what's pretty cool is that we're. Um we're running out of these. We made a thousand of these and we're almost out. So if, they, if we run out today, we've already ordered more. We're, we're getting more made. And then then we've got these little books of Psalms. Uh, you're going to get tired of... If you've been here the last two weeks, you're tired of me saying this. But it's about the last time I'm going to say it. But we keep running out of these and ordering them. So they're, if you uh, ordered one last week, they're back there at the kiosk after the... After this service, you don't need one of these. You've got the Psalms in your Bible. You just need just need this to remind you what to pray through. But on the other hand, it's kind of cool and it uh, gives you something else to carry around all day. It's it's interesting. Um, I said that I'd like to give a few um, tips about how to pray, because the whole point of all this is that now through the rest of the year we're gonna pray through the Psalms every day, five Psalms a day, and and this is meant for this to be the fuel for us to pray. But um, uh, we need to be coached a little bit on how to do that. This isn't necessarily natural. So today I have coaching tip number three. If you, don't, if you didn't pick up what number one and two were, just go to the website and watch the last two sermons. I, I get it from this psalm. Look at Psalm 29. It says, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings... Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Here the psalmist is telling the heavenly beings, and we'll talk about who that is later, telling them what to do, and he's saying, ascribe to the Lord glory. Say, Say to God, you are the God of glory. You have glory. Here's tip number three. When one of the psalms is telling us or telling the angels, or telling nature, telling people what to do. Then when you're praying through the psalm, you do that. So when, it's, when the psalm is telling you, you or someone else to do something, do it. Amen? In your praying, then you do that. When it's saying, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. When I'm praying through this psalm, which was just the other day, on the 29th. Then I say, well, Lord... I do say that you are the God of glory. And I'm just telling him that. I'm, I'm bouncing off that passage. You are the God of glory. You are a, a glorious God. And I'm just telling him that. That's what to ascribe means. To ascribe means that you're saying this belongs to so-and-so. And I'm saying to you, Lord, that glory belongs to you. Amen? So that I'm, I'm doing that. Last, um, I want to tell you a little bit about my week. And I do this not to make this, it's not about me, but it's, it's my example, and actually that's what happens in the Psalms, right? The psalmist talks about his his life and struggles, but he's, he's teaching the rest of us as he does it. Um, last Monday and Tuesday, I was a little bit down emotionally. Um, the weekend before was a, a powerful weekend. I think God God really met us. The, many people came to the the, to the prayer summit and God really met with us there and then Sunday was a particularly um, it was a, a meaningful day where God God just worked in me and helped me with the sermon and and it was the last day of the last trimester of the Aldi, the Discipleship Institute so in our class that I was teaching we had a good time, I mean I was in tears, people in the class were in tears, it was a All I can say is it was a powerful day. It was a powerful weekend. And Monday, then Monday came. But actually it started as soon as I went home on Sunday. As soon as I went home after church. There was just like a cloud just fell on me. I hope hope you pray for your pastor. Because I need it. And um, I don't want to make too much of this. I'm no more important than anybody else. As someone said, pastors aren't any more important than anybody else, but they have a bigger target on their back. And so this cloud just fell on me. And I struggled with it all Monday, just trying to come back up. And then Tuesday, and I told my wife at one point, I said, I feel like I'm just like right on the edge of falling into depression. I'm just like I went from... Here to there, just so fast. And I could see it happening, but I was just trying to get out of it. And then Tuesday was the 28th, right? You remember that? So I'm praying through the Psalms. Well, in, the evening, in the evening, it got to Psalm 118. Turn there. Look at Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. When you're praying through a psalm and it tells you to do something, then just do it. That's what it means to pray through it. So I started giving thanks to the Lord because he was good. And I started that evening, I was just thanking the Lord. Because his steadfast love does endure forever. Let Israel say, it says in verse 2, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. So let the one who's praying through Psalm 118 say, His steadfast love endures forever. Lord, your steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. You see, I'm just saying, Well, Lord, you are, you are on my, my side, you are my helper verse eight lord i 'm taking refuge in you i 'm not trusting anything else i 'm trusting in you, and ten the nations surround me uh, and twelve they surround me like bees lord lord i don 't have any bees or nations surrounding me, but I feel like i 'm surrounded by This dark cloud that just fell on me on Sunday afternoon. And it's like I was pushed hard, so I was falling. But Lord, you're going to help me. Then look at 14. The Lord's my strength and my song. He's my salvation. So I'm praying. I'm just saying everything that's true about God that's in 18. I'm saying, yes, Lord, that's true about you. And then I got Psalm 148, right? That's the, the last one for the day. So turn there, Psalm 148. What I'm trying to do right now is help you help you by bouncing off my experience this week to know what it means to pray the psalms. So I get to Psalm 148 then. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him all his angels. Praise him all his hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For He commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. The psalm goes on about the earth and the sea creatures, the snow and the midst, the mountains, the hills. And then it gets to people in verse 11. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Young men, maidens, old men, children... Verse 13, let them praise the name of the Lord. And so I just started, that's what I was doing. I said, Lord, you're worthy to be praised by the mountains and the hills and the rain and the forest and the, this and then that and the kings and the men and the women. And you know what happened? Partway through Psalm 148, I realized that I was coming out of the cloud. I was coming out of the cloud. And it le- I got out of the cloud that night. And it's interesting that the, this, it, the Psalms here, they don't say praise the Lord when you feel like it. It doesn't say that. It just says he is worthy, so praise him. Just praise Him. And, the, and that's one of the benefits of praying through the Psalms. i found that, that, because I've been doing this, i got a head start on you, is that it corrects my heart. It, it corrects my heart. As I pray the Psalms, it, 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 I, it, I get the reset button pushed over and over again by the Psalms by just doing what it says. I'm not waiting to feel grateful. I just thank Him when it says thank Him. I'm not waiting to feel like wonderfully motivated to praise him when it says praise no i just begin to praise him and so that's coaching tip number 3 when it's telling you to do something then do it right there in your prayer amen okay now the sermon will start psalm 29 now many people many commentators think and it makes sense i'm one of them now that that this Psalm is basically referring to a phenomenal thunderstorm. Picture having seen a great big thunderstorm, massive one, that, and you've lived through it. And then you say, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord, that's the thunder. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. I want to discover the movement and meaning of this psalm by pausing to think about four important phrases that we see in it. I want to go through those, and then as we catch the, the more the meaning of Psalm 29, I, then we have planned that we're going to respond... In song right before communion because it would be weird to study a psalm that's meant to be sung that tells us to give glory to God and then not do it in song. Amen? So we're going to do that. The first phrase is heavenly beings. That's in verse 1. Heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. What is that? What, what is being referred to there? Literally, in the Hebrew, it, it's, it's sons of God. But that, that phrase has been translated in different ways in the, in the Old Testament. Sometimes, in your version, it might say, oh, you mighty ones. Um, uh, some people think that it refers not just to beings in the unseen realm, like the angels, but it could also be mighty people. But it's talking, I believe, about heavenly beings. Um, but there are, there are good angels, but there are also demons. It's very interesting. So, some people think, is this being saying, hey, you pagan gods, you need to ascribe glory to the real God? In other words, is that what's being said? It's interesting because the region of the sea, so you remember this is written in Israel, there along the Mediterranean, the Mediterranean is right there, and the Canaanites lived. Therefore, uh, before the Israelites came in and their gods and their beliefs were all over the place yet. They were known. The sea was considered by the Canaanites to be the battleground between the god of the sea and of chaos and the god of fertility and the thunderstorms. So they had thunderstorms. There was one god for that, one for the sea. And the mountains that were named in Psalm 29 are up in the north of Israel, in Lebanon, actually. It could be that they were mentioned because the Canaanite believed that those mountains were where the gods lived. And so the God of Israel was showing little respect by shaking the mountains, for the gods, that is, by shaking the mountains and felling the trees in the place where, supposedly, these pagan gods lived. He's greater than the deities. And if you see in Psalm, what you've seen it in Psalm 29, 18 times it says, The Lord. I'm not going to read it all over again. But it's 11 verses. 18 times it's saying, The Lord, the Lord this, the Lord that, the Lord this. He is being proclaimed as the God of all and over all. The thunderstorm that's come through here. And and that's motivated this, the poet begins to respond to this massive thunderstorm. The thunderstorm isn't God, but it reminds us of God's power. God's glory is demonstrated in nature. And we see that he's in control of it all. He's not contained by it, but he's sovereign over it. He's not defined by it. But he's creating it where the pagans saw a mul- multiple gods. The psalmist declares that there's one God over it all. Amen? And yet, verse 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. That makes me think, no, they're not. The psalmist is not addressing evil spirits. There's no splendor of holiness there. The psalmist is talking to the angels, the good angels. And he's saying to the angels, Ascribe to God the glory that he's he's worthy of. Now this is very unusual. Because we're never told to talk to angels. We're never directed to do that. As a matter of fact, the scripture's clear that in terms of the unseen realm, we take no initiative to, to reach in there at all. So it seems out of character but I see it this way that this language is partly poetic because he's 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 writing this song of praise to God but it's directed to the angels not in the sense that we're expecting a response we're not inviting a conversation it's just another way of exalting God and and yet there's an assumption that the angels are listening that the angels of God Hear what we're saying. And we're exhorting them to worship the one true God. But in a sense, what we're really doing is exhorting ourselves. Let's all together worship the one true God. There's only one command in this psalm. It's very interesting. In all the verses, we're only told to do one thing. And that is to ascribe to the Lord glory. Amen? That's what we're told to do. Only one thing. It's very simple. And the rest of the psalm, right up through verse 10, is all a description of God. It's describing this God that we're supposed to be giving glory to. No command. It's all just praise of who God is. Amen? And that's why it's called the praise psalm, actually. Heavenly beings. The angels. He's, in, he's just saying, hey, you guys. Give God the glory. But he's by, by saying it, he's saying, let's all give God the glory. Second phrase, voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. Seven times it refers to the voice of the Lord. And I see this to be read two ways. On the surface, it's referring to the thunder. The thunder shakes and it's like there's the voice of the Lord. Some people would think that, wow, this seems kind of demeaning of God. When you think about a thunderstorm, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, well, it depends on how close you are and how big it is. I remember my wife and I once were hiking out in West Virginia and we were walking down. We were walking down a little country lane. It was a little dirt farm road. On the left was a Boboire fence and the, the field, and on the right over here, it's just woods. We'd been hiking around, and then this big storm came up fast. We could just hear the trees, we could hear it in the trees, and uh, I, was, I, was, I was enjoying it. I said, this is awesome, man, you could just hear it, the, and then and Becky's like, do you, do you think maybe, maybe this is not a good place to be right now? I, it's okay, it's, it's awesome, and then, bang, a, a tree just snapped, and then, bang, another tree just snapped like matchsticks, they were falling and crashing the trees, and I said, you're right, and we <laughs> grabbed her, we clambered over the, the, uh, the, the barbed wire fence and started running out right out into the middle of the field, to, just to get away from the trees, they were splintering and crashing, oh, friends, the voice of the Lord is mighty. I don't know what it is about West Virginia, but you guys remember in 2012 there was a direco. Do You know what a derecho is? Um, you know what a tornado is? You know what a hurricane is? Well, derecho—I think it's Spanish for a line. I think is—I is, don't—I wish I knew Spanish, but I don't know. I think it means a line. But in 2012, it started in Iowa. It started with a thunderstorm. There has to be—the weather conditions have to be just right. A lot of extended very hot daytime temperatures and it started in Iowa and started moving east it started multiplying and a direct was when there's a line of thunderstorms and it begins to form and it gets bigger and bigger we're talking hundreds of miles wide hundreds and then it becomes like a wall and when the temp- when the weather conditions are just right it starts to move and then it it starts to bow like this and it went as an average of 60 miles an hour and it sped across the the the, the Midwest there and it just it just came east uh, to, some winds went up to uh, uh, 100 miles an hour it traveled 800 miles east just w- wreaking all kinds of destruction and it just went unimpeded until it hit the western mountains of West Virginia that was the first thing to get its way and it just came and slammed in there Guess where my wife and I were? We were in this little holla in West Virginia, visiting some friends. We were on, and and then everything broke loose. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know we didn't know anything. Nothing. We didn't know anything. We didn't listen to the radio or anything like that. We didn't Bang. We didn't know what, we didn't know it was a tornado. What was going on? Trees falling. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It took us hours to go just a few miles after that. I mean, trees were over the roads. Millions of people were out of uh, electricity. Um, it kind of it abated by the time it got out here because we took it for you. We took, it. We took one for the team. 28 people were killed. Um, it's a massive, massive thunderstorm. And I almost think that that's what the psalmist saw. He saw something like that. This massive storm forming out over the Mediterranean, sweeping through the northern mountains, and then coming down through and, and, and disappearing out into a, the wilderness of Kadesh. And he was so, so taken up by this. The voice of the Lord speaks... The French philosopher Volney, he lived in the late 1700s, mocked God. He wasn't sure there was a God. He wasn't sure there was anything, even as a human soul. He doubted that God existed, but he was caught in a massive storm. And the historians say he got on his knees and cried out to God (laughs) to save him. Yeah, you're in a storm, a real storm. You start thinking about God. And, and it reflects the, the awesome power of God, and, and he speaks. but beneath, So on the surface, when it's talking about the voice of the Lord, we, we, we think about that thunder, and the power, and the authority, and the, the might of it. But beneath the surface, we remember another time when, about God speaking and about thunder, is when he was revealing himself to Moses and the people of Israel, Mount Sinai. And in Exodus 19, I'll read just a part. It says, Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke, because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder." The voice of the Lord is mighty. And it reminds me of last week when we looked at Psalm 1 and that that, that the Psalms are revelation. This is revelation from God. God is speaking to us. We need to take His words seriously. The voice of the Lord is mighty over the waters. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calf. God speaks to us. He can interrupt our lives And He can change our lives. And He can bring life. I like that little phrase, the voice of the Lord causes a deer to give birth. If we'll listen to God, if we'll listen to Him speaking to us, He gives birth in our lives. Amen? We get life from Him. The voice of the Lord. Third phrase is over the waters. Over the waters. Look at verse 3. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. And then again, interestingly, in verse 10, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. Again. God is claiming as his what the false gods have tried to steal and say is theirs. He, he, he's saying, no, you look out over the Mediterranean, you look over the sea, that's mine. I'm the God who's over the waters. Not some pagan God. But there's something else here. And it shows up there in verse 10 with that word flood. That word flood... Is found only right here, and then about a dozen times in the book of Genesis when it's referring to Noah's flood. So it's it's easy for me to to think that there in verse ten he in um uh, in verse whoop yeah okay sorry in verse ten when he, when he's talking about the flood he's he's hearkening back to Genesis where God flooded the earth in judgment. And he's saying every, every thunderstorm can remind us that the one who's in charge of the thunderstorms, the one who's in charge of all that water, the one who speaks, whose voice is over the waters, is the one who sat as king over the flood. This is the God who is truly over all creation. He is just and will not let the rebellious get away with the rebellion. He will judge and yet he will save. Amen? He will reach down and those who get into the ark of safety will be saved. In his love he saves. There is, but this is saying there is no being greater than God. And not all of the power and the awe of nature is because of him and him alone. Amen? And then one last phrase, one last phrase It's the phrase in his temple that's in verse nine so we're're we're, we're standing with the psalmist on some mountain, probably in northern northern uh, israel and and he's witnessing this awesome let's just say for the fun of it it's a derecho that's formed and it's just this massive storm and it's just inspired him to think of the of God and his glory and and, and, and of his speaking to us and all that that means. So he's on this mountain and he's just saying, Oh, angels, give him glory because that's what he deserves. Look at this. The voice of the Lord is this and this and this. Then he gets to verse 9. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth, strips the forest bare. And in his temple, and I'm thinking, wait. Where'd that come from? You're not in the temple. You're out on the mountain in northern Israel. What do you mean temple? What, what's the switch here? And this is where it gets really exciting. Yes, the thunderstorm, the massive storm, was the seed that caused this psalm to, to come to be. But this psalm is used in worship. Amen? We're not always in a thunderstorm when we're reading this. We're somewhere else. And the people um, of God who'd be using this in the past in this, this psalm would be at or near the temple. They, and there the people of God are gathered together and the priest stands up and he reads Psalm 29 to remind everyone of the glory of God and how God is and who he is and he's greater than all these other beings and he's the one in charge of it all and he wants to exhort the angels you all ascribe to God glory and we down here we in the temple we're going dis- to ascribe to God glory too. amen you know it's interesting too I saw something that, that struck me. In verse 1, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. So, that is the angels. Ascribe to the Lord glory. So, there we have the angels, and we have glory, giving Him glory. And the, peop, um, the people, of course, are caught up in that. And then in verse 11, look, look how it ends. May the Lord bless His people with peace. So, in the beginning, we have the angels ascribing glory to God, and at the end, we have people who have peace. Does this sound familiar? Anything come to mind? Luke, chapter 2, verse 14. The shepherds are watching their fields, and all of a sudden there's an angel there, and he gives a message to the shepherds, and then it says... Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what? Peace for those uh, peace among those with whom He is pleased. And of course, we know that, that the, the message that preceded that was that they were telling them about Jesus Christ. The Christ has come. For unto you this day, bo- unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so, in Jesus Christ, you see, after pointing to Christ, they, the angels proclaim glory and peace. And that's what's happening in Psalm 29. And for you in your life, after trusting in Jesus Christ, you can have peace and you can give glory to God who deserves it. Amen? Amen. I want to come back here now and think, just in closing. Imagine... Imagine there in the, in the old days, there in the temple. So God's people have gathered together. That's us right here. We're gathered together here. And a priest of God's people begins this psalm by calling upon the angels in heaven to ascribe to the Lord glory. And then, as you go through the psalm, it, it gives a, this is why God is worthy of glory. Here's the glory. Here's the glory. Here's the glory. And at the end, it says, "In the temple, all cry glory. Who's that? It's us and the angels. Have you ever thought about that when we worship God, we're joining our, our voices? With the heavens, with the angels, whatever angels are watching us right now, we can say, Hey, hey, ascribe to the Lord glory, and now we're in His temple, we're gonna all give Him glory. Amen? Would you like to do that right now? Let's do this. Let's ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to Him the glory due His name. Amen? And let's all say, Glory, glory.